0: It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store. From your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. The morning news on 710 KURV. Top newsmakers. Here's Sergio Sanchez.
1: Biggest economic story for the Rio Grande Valley. Ever. Billions upon billions of private sector investment coming to South Texas, liquefied natural gas to be exported to the world from Brownsville, Texas, or Rio Grande Valley, Port of Brownsville. We have been waiting years for final investment decision, and yet here it is. We found out yesterday afternoon. So let's get reaction and put everything into perspective on what this means for the Valley, for all of our families and future generations that will likely benefit from all these jobs and prosperity that is on the way. Esteban Steve Guerra, chairman of the Brownsville Navigation District Board of Commissioners. Steve, we appreciate your time today. So let's go back to the beginning, Steve. Best you know, I know you joined the commission back in the late 2010s, like 2018 or so, but this project has been in the works for many, many years. Tell me how it was birth, the, the idea was birth and and how we finally arrived at the final investment decision
2: yes sir good morning and, and and thank you for having me on uh definitely a very exciting day yesterday a historic day um we were we were so happy to hear the news obviously we've been working uh hand in hand with with next decade here for for years now and uh, this is, has been an effort, just like you say. It, it, it has been uh, close to, I would say, about eight years now that we've been working on this project. Mm-hmm. Humongous project for the for the entire region, uh, for the regional economy. Eighteen point four billion dollars that are going to be invested at the Port of Brownsville. So we are very excited about that. Uh, looking forward to to the. Um, to to the to to the big investment and and everything that comes with it.
1: When do you think we break ground on this facility, and how long will it take for it to be built? Because we see in these news reports that it likely will be up to about five thousand people that need to be employed in order to build. That this is thing. correct.
2: Yeah, that is correct. So so for a few months now, while they were going back and forth on on the um, on the regulatory process. They, all, they already had uh, people out there at the site actually doing some testing. So it, there is movement on site already. We expect in the, in, in the next few months. Uh, yesterday, I had a chance to speak with Matthew Schatzman, who's the CEO of Next Decade, and uh, they gave the green light already. And we're going to see some movement pretty quickly here. And it is going to bring in about five to six thousand jobs for the uh, next uh, five to six years. Now, I, I do think it's important to, to also point out that this, on next decade's part, this is an $18.4 billion investment, but there's also another $3 billion that that is going to be invested in the pipeline. So we're looking over twenty over $20 billion that are coming to the Rio Grande Valley investment, jobs, different opportunities, and everything that comes with it. So we're really, really excited about that.
1: And the big story of the morning, in fact, the big story of – forever when it comes to business in the Rio Grande Valley. Billions upon billions of dollars, liquefied natural gas. It's coming to the Rio Grande Valley to be distributed. A node will be set up at our port of Brownsville. Esteban
3: Steve Guetta, chairman of the Brownsville Navigation District, joining us on the morning news. Mr. Guetta, Tim Sullivan here. You mentioned the pipeline just a a second ago, Uh, and that is going to be piping the natural gas in from from where?
2: That will be coming from Aguadulce.
3: How long is that pipeline?
2: Uh, you know, I, I I don't have the the that data on me right now. Uh, I could certainly get it for you. Yeah. It is gonna it is gonna take a it is a process that's gonna take a, a little while. Um, obviously, such a, a a project of this magnitude, everything is gonna is gonna be years in 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 in, uh, in construction. And you know, again, I, I can't say enough. I, and I do want to take a moment to. To recognize our port staff, uh, and I'm sorry to do this. I just I need I I find it very important. Our port staff has been amazing throughout the years, um, working with Next Decade, getting this project over the finish line, and obviously that our port staff, led by Mr. Eduardo Campirano, and uh, I also want to recognize uh, my fellow commissioners who who have have. Uh, I've also been working on this long before, even when I got on the board, um, and and finally, also, I, I, I do need to recognize Congressman Vicente Gonzalez, who got us over that regulatory finish line mm-hmm. here. So, it, you know, it, it it it's been a hectic last few months um, with with the FERC, with with next decade FID, Porter Brownsville, everybody working together. This was definitely a, a team effort.
1: Tim, can I compliment your question real quick? Because Tim asked about the pipe, when I went looking for, yep. well, I would say one time that was like Corpus Christi area, Kingsville area. So, I thought this was coming in from Eagleford. So it's coming, likewise, yeah, right?
3: the Permian and, and Eagleford. That that's was so, my understanding. Is too. that
1: right, Steve? It's coming down
3: from the Corpus area down. Gentlemen,
2: Dunyans. let me check on that. Okay. I, I want. I don't want to give any anything okay. that uh, any any. Uh, but that pipeline, wherever it's coming out.
1: from, it's being—they're putting that pipe in the ground, right? They've been doing that for a while to bring it down to the valley, yes. right? Okay, that is, that is correct. Go ahead, Mister Gera. Correct.
3: Let me ask you to detail, if you could, uh, you know, how this—we're calling this an economic game changer for sure. Uh, how will That's that be. be? How will LNG transform the economy of our region? How will this boost GDP, uh, our tax base, city and county budgets, all of that?
2: So let me start by saying that, that my focus since I've been on the board has been on economic development, taking a proactive approach instead of a reactive approach to, again, to economic development. We're constantly out there trying to recruit companies to the Port of Brownsville, to the valley, actually. And I think that's very important also to point out. We're talking about a regional approach. This is Yes, we are called the Port of Brownsville but we are the port of the region, of the Rio Grande Valley, from Brownsville to McAllen and everything in between. And that's what we've been trying to do is work together with everybody and 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 get these companies here. We're recruiting them. We're saying, okay, this is what we have at the Port of Brownsville. Does this work for you? Maybe it does right now. Maybe it doesn't. If not, look, here's Harlingen, here's McAllen, and everything in between. And once you start seeing recruitment, when you start seeing these, these companies start – seeing interest in the port in the valley say okay so this is a a huge project and this is a once in a a generation project but just like that we have different projects that are going on at the port right now from you know one to two billion dollars and and certainly uh, a few that are in the hundreds of millions of dollars
3: well, what will so, be some of the, the spin-off economic benefits then, too? What other businesses will this LNG project bring to the area? Oh,
2: this is, this is going to start. Th- th- I, I believe this will. This is the future of, of the of the Rio Grande Valley economy, starting at the Port of Brownsville. And you're going to see it little by little. People are going to start investing in Brownsville. I, like I said, we just have to take a proactive approach. We have to be ready for it. We have to be working together, uh, all different entities, trying to land these 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 projects here. And ultimately, one of my goals is getting those high-paying jobs here for Brownsville.
1: Well, just looking at the 5,000 workers that need to build this thing over five, six years, they need to live that somewhere. Correct. They need to live somewhere. They need to eat. So we need apartments. We need houses. Likely, yep. uh, Bechtel is the contractor, I, I think, that will be building this thing. So that is correct. they have people from the Rio Grande Valley that might be coming back. Uh, And bringing back their families to the valley. So we got uh, an an influx of thousands of workers and their salaries and everything that they buy. So we're looking at a potential economic boom for Brownsville over the next five, six years if we move dirt on this thing.
2: It is definitely going to be an economic boom. But again, uh, I I, I can't stress enough, it's not just going to be for Brownsville. It's going to be for the entire region. 10-4. Ten, ten, four. The entire Rio Grande Valley
1: and and support services and equipment providers and and material providers setting up shop. Yes, probably at the industrial park that y'all just recently announced. they might be taking up some of the acres there.
2: That is correct. Again, that's the proactive look that 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 the, the proactive approach that we took to this. Uh, recently, we uh, broke ground on a 118 acre. Um, industrial park business park uh, again looking for for what is coming looking towards the future and and uh, it that is a a project in the millions yeah. of dollars and, and we were happy to announce that that is going to be done in house, all right, uh, with 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 no taxpayer money towards it. Okay. This is going to be strictly from the revenue of the Port of Brownsville.
1: In regards to our chief over at the Port Ed Companero as well, Steve. Thanks for uh, joining us today. We'll continue this conversation again. LNG final investment decision. It's here. It has been made. An exciting, absolutely an
2: exciting time. For the Very Bureau exciting
1: times for, for South Texas. Thank you, Steve. We'll call you again. Esteban, Steve, get with the Brownsville Navigation District.
2: You're
0: listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio.
1: Download the free app. For 710-K-U-R-V, and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear, audio, and access to previous programs from 710-K-U-R-V. Only at Radio Para Mi. Download it. It's free. Dan Silva is leader at the Rio Grande Valley Partnership, the RGV Chamber. We've welcomed him to the program. We're going to take a look every now and then on some economic data for South Texas. And I believe, Dan, you're bringing us a quick report on sales tax, uh, sales performance for the Rio Grande Valley. So what do you see, Nan?
5: The valley is, is continuing to grow. You know, we're, we're six months in, four months in the collections for the for the year, and uh, we're seeing all of our, our major cities with, with positive numbers. Uh, I know Mission right now is an two for the 20, 2023 over 2022 year, but um, that usually happens on the front end. Uh, but we're, we're seeing positive numbers, 2022 ended up really strong for all the cities across the region. Uh, Interestingly enough, uh, Rio Grande City is 9% up, um, and, I mean, rightfully so with all the development that we've seen going on in Rio Grande City. So, you know, we're starting to see uh, some of the smaller communities, uh, you know, those mid-range cities uh, getting more development. A lot of the nationals, a lot of the the tenants are realizing that there's – that they can be sustained in some of the smaller communities. So we're seeing growth. You know, San Juan has had strong growth. Uh, like I said, Rio Grande City, uh, Mercedes is growing. So uh, strong numbers.
1: Sure. You're you're welcome to parse those numbers for us a bit. I, I know that we need to kind of extract the inflation number from that cause just by itself, for example, the most recent trend, what is like 5%, it was somewhere between 5 and 6% yeah. is, is a trend on inflation. But if you it, if you take that out, you still see impressive growth, positive growth for South Texas when it comes to sales. Uh, go back to any number you want to share for the big markets, especially McAllen being the biggest retail market. You want to parse some of those numbers?
5: Sure. So McAllen ended 2022 13% over uh, over the previous year. So Good. you take out the 5% inflation. Mm-hmm. So you're still at 8%, uh, which is healthy. You know They're pulling in um, this record numbers, 40%. Uh, in 2022 90 million for the year in in sales tax collection mm-hmm. which is phenomenal mm-hmm. you know when you're looking at at two years in 2020 so three years ago we're looking at um, 60 66 million almost 67 million so there's been you know fantastic growth in the market yeah and uh, you know it shows us that, that consumers are are, are back um, you know the the christmas sales tax numbers are, are are shoot up at a great percentage um, you know twenty two percent was was the collection of that over the previous year so yeah uh, buying powers there even though inflation is is up interest rates are up but uh, there's still a lot of consumer activity
1: Dan Silva is with the Rio Grande Valley partnership our guest we're talking about sales performance for the region is up and it's up significantly just if you look at McAllen by one third from compared to twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty two over almost a thirty percent increase, uh, closer to a thirty percent increase when it comes to sales in the area. twenty twenty three, the numbers are strong as well when it comes to when it comes to sales. And of late, Tim and I have been doing a lot of conversations with some EDC people and some city managers, and they tell us hammers are flying all over the place. We got more new names and, Retail, service, coffee shops, restaurants—names that we've never heard before—that are showing up to the area. What would you say is the driver behind all that, Dan? Why is it that the valley is not being discovered by so many of these franchises and businesses?
5: You know, I've been in economic development for for a number of years, and going on probably about twenty now. And, and I've always said that the valley is about seven years behind the rest of the nation, mm-hmm. and. You know, because when they look at our demographic numbers, there's uh, it's it's really hard for some of these national brands to to understand the value of buying power. Um, you know, demographically, uh, our income is rather low, our education is rather is rather low. It is incre- increasing; it's been improving, and because of that, I think a lot of nationals are starting to to look to us. I mean, most recently, the biggest coffee chain, Dutch Brothers, has come in, and you know, when we've seen uh, national retailers come in and and try. Maybe three to four stores in our market. I mean, almost every city is getting one. Westaco just uh, broke ground on on one. Uh, you know, we have Edinburgh, we have McAllen, we have Mission. Uh, so they're definitely hitting the hitting the market strong because they see that you know there is a lot of consumer buying power.
1: Would it help us if we saw the region as one? I know that on the EDC side, you guys try to, but the economic data and the governmental data still split between counties and metropolitan statistical areas. And then there's the issue of Mexico that they never factor. They never count Mexico into the equation. And, man, we got millions of dollars coming to us all the time, every every year. And all these people coming on buses and all these shoppers coming to us from Mexico. And that's never factored into the equation.
5: It, it really isn't. And, and I'm glad that you brought that up, that up. And, you know, looking at a lot of articles, I I was doing some research for, for getting ready to what we're going to start doing. You know, I appreciate you letting me come on and speak. You know, the the valley is is primed and poised to to be able to compete with all the major metros, but we, we need to work as one, and that's really what all of, all of the research is pointing towards. You know, comparing our um, our buying power, our population mm-hmm. uh, when you when you factor in Mexico, we're our market is larger than San Antonio, it's larger than Austin. You know, so for the numbers that we have in population to to finally get the attention that's due, we need to work. Together, and it needs to transcend individual governments. I mean, we, we need to, to work as, as one region. The Rio Grande Valley Partnership is going to be hosting a uh, a economic summit in August, and that's going to be the, the message: one region, one voice. We're going to be taking the the role as the as the economic marketing entity for the for the valley. And Excellent. To, we have all the mayors, yeah. all the mayors coming together to uh, to to promote it.
1: Dan Silva with the Rio Grande Valley Partnership, the RGV Chamber. This idea of trying to sell ourselves as one and combining all the statistics on the demographics, population, income, buying power, that, 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 all that has been said for the longest time. Is, what's it going to take, Dan, for finally to unite all this? More than just on a economic development sales sheet for industry, but to finally get these statistics unified. And it's not a foreign concept. I understand that northern markets... They will marry with Canada right across their border in order to sell themselves. They do that successfully. We need the same template down here. What's it going to take for us to, to do something like that in the Valley?
5: Well, I think it's going to take an entity such as the partnership. You know, we have a long-standing history. you have been around since 1944. It's going to take an entity that works with the entire region, that works with all of the, all of the cities, and not just the cities, but works with the education system, works with the uh, transportation systems, you know, with the MPO involved, with the... Uh, Know, lower ground valley development council involved with uh, with CoStep involved i think all of us coming together uh, working on a plan that we all take a part in it but having having somebody who's who's actively driving it uh creating the messaging and and involving everybody i think bringing everybody to the table is uh it sometimes it seems like the simplest thing to do but takes the most effort and uh, i think the partnership can stand in that role yeah. and being able to bring everybody together for the messaging and, and and really so we can all promote all of the successes throughout the battle.
1: Yeah, well said. But you know the unified, what they call the metropolitan statistical area, which, are, in essence, you're you could blend Brownsville and McAllen, Cameron County and Hidalgo County into one big statistic, official statistic. Do you have enough support from Brownsville City Hall? That, you know they love what's going on with a port and SpaceX, McKellen City Hall. They're doing their own thing. Can, can, can we find enough unity to combine the market into one, or is everybody still playing, you know, playing football in, in their own field?
5: Well, I mean, there's a. At the end of the day, it comes down to find uh, financial support, or it comes down to to the money that that each one of these uh, entities can can get by promoting themselves. Uh, but we've seen the trend, you know, with the university it started, with the MPO merger, with the... Um, you know, I think that we're starting to see the benefits of, of working together as, as one unit. Um, that's a discussion that's starting to take place, okay. uh, bringing the two metropolitan statistical areas together. Uh, I think that you know, taking steps with this one region, one voice, I think is going to be beneficial to it. But at the end of the day, I think we will see the value in all of us promoting as as one okay. region, and so yes. I all think right.
1: So. Well, Dan, uh, real quick, up uh, just a few seconds. Uh, the date for that summit, that economic summit in August, for you. When is it?
5: So it's in, uh, we don't have a date specific because of all the special because of the special sessions taking place. Oh, but, I see. Um, As true. soon as we know something, that right. yeah, we'll let you know. But it will hopefully be. Uh, I mean, it will be in August.
1: Yes, we'll sir. You know. Come on back and give us the information. Thank you, Dan. Dan Silva with the Rio Grande Valley Partnership. Join us online, amigo. We have a website, kurv.com. There's a big banner up there that says Listen Live. Click on that and tune in all day at your office computer, there, your tablet, your, your laptop. You can also join us on your smartphone, smart device. Download the free app called Radio Para Mi, and you'll find us there among all those radio stations right there. 710-KURV.
0: kurvcom You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio.
1: This is Newstalk 710KURV, this radio station, exclusive play-by-play home for Houston Astros baseball. Thank you to our many supporters, including f Valley Motorsports and Riverside Development Services and also Hess Air. And we welcome our Hidalgo County Judge Richard Cortez back to the program. Judge, thanks for joining us today on that big, pretty glass tower we have in downtown Edinburgh, our new Hidalgo County Courthouse. Want to get an update from you on some of the inspections or updates, uh, follow-up construction work. What can you tell us, Judge, as far as the the progress of this new county courthouse?
6: Sure. <clears throat> Sorry, good morning to everyone. <clears throat> well, we have good news and bad news. Okay. The uh, bad news is that we do have some defects that need to be fixed. Primarily, we're dealing with the roof, some, uh, some wall issues, uh, the stucco uh, windows, and some uh, ceramic panels. So those are basically the five categories of, uh, sort of deficiencies that we have. The good news is that all of it can be fixed uh, with time and, and the appropriate materials. Uh, as far as the length of time, <clears throat> there's going to be uh, some new work that needs to be done. We need some materials, uh, especially in the area of the roof uh, and some of the wall I and mean, some of the windows. Uh, depending on availability of materials, uh, we think that. It could be as little as three months from now or as long as maybe six months from now dependent availability of material you know we're always we're all anxious to get in there uh, but we're dependent on the contractor the contracts dependent on subcontractors we're dependent on a project manager to properly supervise the construction uh you know somewhere down the line somebody fumbled the ball and we're trying to identify all of those issues so we can take you know, the appropriate action to get this court house finished into final substantial completion.
1: And whether it's the contractor, or the subcontracts and so on and so forth, uh, all of y'all are dependent on the availability of materials, which you reference. If, it, if it, the inventory is not there, then you have to wait uh, a little longer for that. As you identify some of these construction deficiencies and shortcomings, is it possible that maybe in the future the Companies involved in this, maybe we'll take them off the list as potential contractors for work in, <laughs> at county.
6: Well, I, I, I think that's certainly, certainly a possibility. You know, right now, Sergio, you know, I, I have to skate on thin ice. Uh, we're investigating all of the situation to determine, uh, you know, how what happened, how we could have prevented it. And until we know for sure exactly how all those things are. We don't know what course of action for us to take in the future. Our desire is to get it built. Uh, you know, we had some bad luck. You know, we had COVID come in that interrupted some of the construction. We had a, a freeze and there were storms. Uh, so a lot of things. But those are not those are not ex- excuses. They're just reasons for partly, you know, some of the delays.
1: And to your knowledge, it's something that's not insurmountable. It's not foundational issues or something that will...
6: In that's correct. Room, no, there's right? Rumors going on that the courthouse is thinking and things like that. We have absolutely no proof that that is any truth to that. But like I said, I was concerned that there the, the could have been some major construction issues that that would delay it and, and make it unsafe. But no, these these issues, uh, the roof. You know, you know, uh, when you have a roof, you, you moisture can't go through it. So we want to make sure that that's the case. Same thing same thing with windows. You know, we have a mold problem here, so we want to make sure that, that the courthouse is properly sealed. So, a lot of that is, is just craftsmanship that wasn't done done correctly.
1: With an update on our new Hidalgo County Courthouse
3: or Hidalgo County Judge, Richard Cortez. Judge, good morning. Tim Sullivan here. There was a previous inspection that turned up, you know, a number of these problems, a uh, number of the construction defects that you mentioned with the construction of the courthouse. And then you issued a release on Friday uh, about the hiring of an engineering firm. Uh, What are you hoping to learn with the, the latest hiring of these engineering experts?
6: Well, what we wanted to make sure was that all the things, if we had any defects, that we knew what there were. So we had some internal people tell us, you know, what those defects were, but we wanted to make sure there was nothing else because we're anxious, like anybody else, is to move in there. But when we move in there, we want it to be safe for all, for all concerned. So we hired this engineering firm to make an extensive, comprehensive study. Uh, They now have issued a preliminary report. We're reviewing it as we speak. So what we were hoping to accomplish is to make sure there was nothing else. Uh, you know, out there that that we weren't aware of. But but now uh, we're we're pretty confident that we've identified the issues and we're going to, you know, pursue fixing them.
3: The construction delays and the construction materials that will be needed, uh, how much will that add to the cost of the courthouse?
6: You know, we don't know. Uh, we, we don't know, but, you know, we have warranties and we have other agreements with the contractor, with with, with, with our project manager and stuff like that. Uh, we're hopeful that any defects that occur from here, uh, we're, we're not going to add anything to the, to the final bill for the county. Uh, only time will tell. As I said, I have to walk on thin ice because, you know, I cannot make allegations of any wrongdoing until I know there's proof that there was a wrongdoing.
3: Yeah, as far as wrongdoing, I understand your position, but, but there were defects. You you call them defects and um, apparent mistakes. I mean, at this point, do you think the county can recoup any additional money that's going to have to be shelled well, out due to I, I these I, repairs?
6: I, I thought I answered your question. I, I can't answer it any differently than what I already did.
5: It's
1: the contractor and the warranties and the insurances that will cover the expense r- related to that. Uh, and the only thing that will delay the final construction will be if we get the materials, pretty much like you mentioned earlier, if and when we get the additional materials for all this. Oh, and I'm guessing also the engineering report that you're waiting for on the new engineers.
6: Well, the, 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 we're reviewing the report as we speak, uh, and and we believe that these five categories that I just announced to you uh, are it. And And once we come up with a game plan as to how to, remediate all those those issues and and we're present again i want everybody to know that we're just as anxious as anybody else you know to get it done it's a 330,000 square foot seven-story building and there's a lot of courts there's a lot of litigation there's a lot of need for that court to be open so we want to be open as soon as we can but we can't let people in there if it's not safe and right Mm -hmm. now we cannot get it to that point
3: Do you have a best guess for when you might be able to officially open open those doors?
6: Okay, I'll repeat my earlier statement that, depending on availability of materials, you could be as early as three months or as long as six months.
1: None of it is being used. None of the new courthouse, right? Not a single floor is being used by staff right now, right, Judge? That is correct. Yeah, because no, we
6: we have to have substantial completion, which is something uh, that the city of Edinburgh does after reviewing. Uh, the building right. for
1: Well, we need to finish this big project first. I wanted to ask you about parking. <laughs> What's the <a> conversation <laughs> in the county right <laughs> as far as parking for the new courthouse?
6: Well, it, 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 as you know, I inherited this project, uh, and parking was always going to be an issue. Uh, you know, we're going to uh, tear down the of the old courthouse, and use that for parking. The city of Edinburgh is, is uh, thinking of and i think in the process of creating a uh, building a a uh, garage for, yeah. for parking so yeah. we're hoping that this situation is temporary you know i remind everybody that you know i go through the exchange and far uh, very frequent often and when coming in I, I mean nobody likes that but it but it's a step to hopefully improving it for a long period of time so we suffer for a short time but hopefully been for a long period of time same thing here with this
1: courthouse thanks for the update judge McCoy again or Hidal County Judge Richard Cortez hey
0: as long as you're scrolling through your phone checking out your friend's latest Instagram post take a moment to download the radio para app take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio.
1: Download the free app for 710 KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear, audio, and access to previous programs from 710 kurv Only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. Big news out of Edinburgh these days. They got a big fat check from the state of Texas for the airport. Our mayor in Edinburgh, Amido Garza, joining us. We know that of late, the state of Texas, because of border security operations, has been using the airport quite a bit. So is this big paycheck from the state of Texas pretty much directly linked to all that, Mayor?
4: Absolutely. Uh, Our airport's been used for quite some time now uh, by the state, uh, the the Department of Public Safety and uh, border security operations. But at the same time, our airports continue to be used. And um, these funds are going to help, you know, for all the infrastructure improvements there and, and uh, better position it uh, for the future.
1: Yeah. Some of the improvements I understand is a uh, runway extension. Can you tell me a bit more about that and maybe how the airport might host bigger aircraft in the future?
4: So the, these actual funds are not directly tied to airport extension, even though those are overall plans okay. uh, for the airport. These actual funds are uh, for a lot of different improvements needed. Uh, you know, from uh, replacement ramps to fixtures, you know, power supply, um, you know, beacon lighting. There's just a lot of improvements this is going to help us with that, and we're in dire need of. Um, at the same time, I mean, that's part of what we're applying with the airport. We do an extend the runway uh, in the future, but these things here are are essential for us to get there.
3: Yeah, Mayor Ganesh or Mayor in Edinburgh joining us. Yeah, Mayor Tim Sullivan here. Talk more about that. How how significant are these funds in terms of the airport upgrades that uh, that they'll pay for? How how badly is this money needed, and and how badly are the improvements uh, needed that they'll they'll pay for?
4: Yeah. So again, our whole goal here is to grow the airport, and in order to grow the airport, of course, the ultimate goal is to extend the runway. Um, but we can't extend the runway if we don't uh make these improvements that these funds have been approved for so these are absolutely essential it'll put us that much ahead um to uh you know be able to grow the airport in the future these are things that are needed as our airport is being utilized more um the department of public safety is about to break ground actually in a a brand new hangar at our airport they're gonna bring more aircraft there's just gonna be a lot more activity and these upgrades are um are key for that, so we really appreciate the state uh, continuing partnership with us uh, as we uh, you know uh, look to grow our airport.
3: How do you plan to grow the airport in the future? Is, is South Texas International part of the, uh, the Edinburgh 2040 plan? Uh, let me ask you how you would like the airport to look and operate, let's say 10, 20 years from now?
4: So that's a good question. And yes, it is. as part of our our future plans. You know that Edinburgh 2040s are preparing our city for the future. Uh, so what this is going to do is is this is really just going to position our airport uh, to serve not just our city but our region. You kind of have to keep in mind that you know these there was funds recently announced also for State Highway 68 that is going to connect the International Bridge uh, Trade Corridor. Um, all the way north, eventually it's going to tie into our airport. Oh, wow. So, you know, this airport is essential, I mean, not just for general aviation or uh, border security, but also as an important hub uh, for uh, all the trade activity that's taking place on the border. I think this essentially eventually could be used more so for cargo. Um, but we got to make some of these improvements first, you know, in order to get there. And so we see the airport as our future. Um, You know, as we continue to grow, we'll probably grow into it. We have all that land, you know, from here uh, to the airport. Um, But we can't wait to make those improvements. Uh, uh, We have to make them now in order to capitalize on all these, you know, opportunities here in our region. And we just believe our airport is going to be a a key uh, asset, Uh, again, not just for our city, but for, for the whole region.
1: Lamedo Garza, our mayor in Edinburgh, you'd mentioned cargo before, the potential future uh, as far as international trade, natural trade there at the airport. What type of cargo do you see that we could benefit from at the airport? We might be shipping in and out at the airport in about 10, 20 years.
4: Well, I think, for one, uh, you know, obviously to support the cargo that is essential to transport uh, parts, Right, that are being shipped uh, just in time um, uh, from our area out of the area. Uh, I think it's going to help from our manufacturer standpoint just to have another um, airport, another access point uh, to transport uh, uh, materials that are being produced currently. But also now, um, you know, it'll help us bring perhaps new industry that is looking to grow in the area. You have another option here at our airport. You know, keep in mind our airport's right along the interstate highway. And um, it connects uh, yeah. directly to all our international ports of entry, and so it, it's uh, I think going to be able to help support different types of cargo. And um, our our goal here is to just you know position it to uh, you know be available. Sure, we uh, would need
1: we would need a much longer runway though, right, in order to host something like that. Yes, sir. For, for big cargo planes, yes, like sir. before we lease to a, a, a Makila Park owner or like Amazon or something like that, right? Correct. Yeah. All right.
4: Correct. Yeah, and and. As it, as it is now, we, we could, you know, definitely be using it, but we can use it that much more you're right? right with the extension of the road.
1: Ramio Gadsda, our mayor in Edinburgh, joining us. A few days back you had mentioned um, an economic summit that you would like to see happen in the area. I just want to get an update from you on that.
4: Well, no, thank you for that. So uh, we have been working on that with all the region, the mayors, economic development uh, uh, individuals and, and cities. Um, It's uh, looking to take place, I believe, sometime next month. And here at the Bird Arena in Edinburgh, uh, all it is is a summit that's going to bring all of us together to uh, discuss how we can, uh, you know, form a structure, right, to promote our area for economic growth. And uh, very excited about that. A lot of the cities are are on board, and we're looking forward to formalize it, and um, we're looking to have uh, the governor come down to join us and take part in this summit so we're pretty excited about it
1: one of the statistics you threw at us impressive uh, we, you had told us that there were about like four dozen subdivisions being worked on in the area any other economic data you want to share with us right now
4: sure well actually that number has grown said <laughs> you we now have uh, the, the our city just it, it's i mean i i seem to be signing flats almost every other day of new projects coming to our city. We have, right now, I have a new number uh, update for y'all. City staff is telling me through the end of May, we have 92 active subdivisions in our city uh, being developed in some stage, whether it's under design, under review, uh, or under construction. Represents over 4,500 lots and about 1,000 new acres of development uh, in our city. Um, It's just fascinating. As you know, I I used to work with the city for many years on economic development, and I've never seen these numbers uh, before. Um, We're seeing, uh, I think, uh, the numbers that I have up to date through May of this year in 23, uh, we have over 200 million in uh, construction activity in just the first five months. Uh, And when you compare that to the first five months in 22, uh, you know, we were at about seventy nine million. So it's What's about the driver? Let me know,
1: Mayor. What is driving all of this? We got hammers flying all over the place. What's going on?
4: <laughs> well, we have the land, right? Uh, yeah. Open space available in different areas, uh, more options, I guess, for folks to consider. Uh, but then, finally, you're seeing on the commercial side. You know, what I like about this is that it's pretty evenly distributed. You have of the 200 million, a hundred of it is commercial. The other 109 is residential, right? So the commercial is, 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 uh, you know, coming on board because we have a lot more rooftops. See a lot of commercial plazas, a lot of restaurants, a lot of, you know, different commercial activities that are helping support the fast-growing residential. Now, on the residential side, um, you have a lot of people moving into our city. The university is growing. Uh, we have two major hospital systems here and, Yep. Um, our school system, not just Edinburgh CIC, we have Vanguard, we have IDEA, we have South Texas IC. It, we seem to have a lot more options and uh, things for people to move to. And, All right. Um, you know, we're okay. very happy about that.
1: And a rapid expansion of the tax base as well. Thank you, Mayor. We'll call you again. Ramiro Garza, our mayor in Edinburgh. You can join us online at KURV.com, also at Radio Para Mi, and it's at KURV.com. You'll find much of the Tropical Coverage 2023 product as well. Big thank you to our supporters this season, McAfee Insurance and Mike's Plumbing Electrical and AC.
0: K-U-R-V. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio.
1: Roy Rodriguez is our city manager for McAllen. And before we talk economic update and take a look at some of the trends and data in the area, let me go back to something we saw from planning and zoning this week, Roy, where They outright said no to the use of a specific patch of land in the city for a a high-tech firm that made a big splash many months back. They were coming to the area and bringing all these jobs and changing the landscape of technology and jobs and production in the area. So with PNZ saying no, does this threaten the the setup of this high-tech firm in the area? What, What would you say?
7: well good morning uh, to both of you um, obviously that that's a possibility but we've got a very very strong relationship with Zoho in fact uh, the very evening of the PNC meeting the mayor and I met with uh, their representatives and we talked about where we are and so obviously Z denied the request it still goes to the City Commission and the City Commission has the authority uh, to overturn that decision and so We're going to evaluate that and look at all of our options. Zoho is a company that we need in the Rio Grande Valley for a lot of reasons. And uh, we believe that um, that specific site, which we've been holding for a long time, was perfect for them because this is a company that truly cares about the environment. And uh, they were going to spend, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, not only to ensure the protection of the area, but even to enhance it. So, you know, we we'll, we'll look at our options and uh, I think Zoho is here to stay. We just have to figure out okay. whether we put them there or we put them in another location.
1: It's um I, I would need to address how alarming this seems. I know in the end commissioners at City Hall would they would vote on what needs to be done, but it's alarming that a maj- the majority everybody on PNZ said no. So, what's the what's the issue here cuz it, it would seem that PNZ is not working in the better interest of the city and jobs and the future of the city. So what's the problem?
7: Well, you know, the, the Planning and Zoning Commission is supposed to evaluate these types of requests, zoning requests like this, um, and make decisions based on its merits. And so, you know, the best guess that I have is that they felt uh, uh the pressure of the of some of the community members and there's not a lot of them sergio you know there's a there's a few people um that are that are having concerns about it and so um, you know the the political decision is the city commissions and not the pnz and so uh, i was disappointed and so are many many people here at city hall uh, i think that they did not evaluate the merits correctly uh, but but again, we'll see. I mean, right. look, these folks are volunteers, and uh, and they they do the best they can, and and we'll we'll be fine. We're we're gonna move on. All right, uh, Roy Rodriguez,
3: our city manager for McCann, joining us. Yeah, Roy, Tim Sullivan here. So I'm I'm guessing some of the questions are following this PNZ meeting: Is that is is the city willing to provide another site for Zoho? Is Zoho willing to build in another location? Uh, also. Uh, would the city be willing to find a new green space for these uh, the lovers of, of the game of disc golf? And, and are, are those folks willing to agree to having another comparable park site?
7: Yeah, we're all, the, all those are, are great questions that we've been evaluating now for probably a year. And, uh, you know, the, the concerns that were brought up um, at the PNZ and before is drainage. You know, let me tell drainage you. Nobody flooding, does more right? drainage improvement. Yeah, drainage and flooding. Nobody does more drainage improvements in South Texas than McAllen. Uh, we've got a sixty million dollar plan that we will implement. Um, and so, for this specific site, we had to. We would have to reconfigure the topography in order not to uh, have a negative impact on drainage. And in fact, we were certain that we we're going to improve it. Uh, that's number one. And number two is that we've got several drainage projects in South McAllen that would improve drainage for the entire area. As far as green space, I mean, it's a natural brush, okay, down yeah. there. It's it's on the floodway. And, uh, and you know, if we would have to mitigate that and, and go find another site to do uh, a disc golf course, we would do it. The truth of the matter is that there's very few users of that disc golf. And I mean, we've got counts on a daily basis of people entering the property and it's minimal. Having said that, the city commission is committed to quality of life and you guys know that. I mean, we're about to spend $50 million to expand Quinta Mazatlan. That is a green space in the heart of McAllen and we're putting some serious dollars into that. And, and not only is the city of McAllen, but our partners, the EDA, the UTRGV, and many, many others, Hidalgo County. And so our commitment to quality of life and, and green space is second to none.
1: Roy Rodriguez, our city manager for McAllen. There was a, a presser sent out by the city yesterday related to animal control in McAllen. If mm-hmm. you want to share some points from that real quick.
7: Sure. So, yeah, you know, we're very excited about this. Um, we've got a real issue in the Rio Grande Valley. And honestly, it's, it's statewide and nationwide. Animal control is, uh, has got a process that's really antiquated. And so we're going to change that. We're going to change our philosophy. We're going to put a lot of effort and energy into educating our community that you do not have to pick up every pet that you see loose. Okay, It just doesn't make sense. And guess what? We can't afford it, and neither can PBAS. PBAS does not have the capacity to take every dog that we pick yeah, up. Palm or Valley. Every cat.
1: Yeah, Palm Valley. the animal Yeah, dogs, yeah.
7: Palm Valley, yeah. yes. And they're, and they're our, a great partner uh, with us. And so that education is basically going to say, look, between you, the citizen, and us, the city of McAllen, we can do better. Let's identify where this pet came from, and let's send them home. Let's get them home. Before I put them on a truck and ship okay. them to Edinburgh to the facility, and, okay. and we think that it's going to make a huge difference, and in fact, it already is. Our numbers have gone down dramatically in the last couple of months.
1: Okay, how about spay neuter before you send them back, real quick? Yeah, just make sure we don't we don't exacerbate the Well, that the has to yet. be
7: part that has to be part of the program. Okay, you know, um, and and it will. This is going to be a long uh, long term project. Uh, where we're gonna we're gonna look at those kinds of programs. We're okay. gonna try to bring in vets and do the whole thing. Do it right, Roy.
1: I I need to ask you because as the valley balloons in population and business activity, and it seems that we become closer uh, to becoming one entity here in South Texas. I want to get your quick, just one minute reaction to the big news this week on liquefied natural gas. Uh, $18.5 billion investment for Brownsville, by extension the Valley. Just want to get your thoughts on how we all benefit on this enormous project, the biggest economic story ever for the Valley. Again, LNG to be export from Brownsville in the very near future. Just want to get your thoughts on maybe how we benefit from that here in McAllen as well.
7: Well, that's what we all seek to do. You know, in the Rio Grande Valley, our jobs in, in part is to ensure that we're doing everything that we can to bring in those kinds of jobs. So we applaud any effort uh, to bring in big companies like that, whether it's in Brownsville or in Mission. It doesn't matter to us. We realize the impact that it has in the Rio Grande Valley. So we applaud. We applaud them. Um we're looking forward to seeing the the improvements being made there uh, in Brownsville and at the port. I'm I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not um, real keen on the project itself, but I understand the numbers uh, that that you're describing, and the types of jobs that we're looking at, and that's all good for the Rio Grande Valley. So we be very clear.
1: Yeah, Roy. Thank you for the update, Roy Rodriguez, our city manager for McKellen. This is the only radio station in the Rio Grande Valley for the news and information you need to know. We are News Talk 710 KURV. Discover our Facebook page, 710 KURV, also Twitter. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and my email is Sergio at KURV.com. Thank you for listening to News Talk 710 KURV.
0: It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store. From your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.